studying you're not worried that you then don't have a sound your own sound and I think I've never really thought about that and the only thing I'd say to people who ask those questions is it's, it's all about storytelling musical storytelling and, and you as long as you're true to yourself it sounds so naff but if you're true to yourself and you love what you're doing you're really trying to do the best thing you possibly can and you're you like what you're doing then naturally your sort of taste selection all of your musical experiences refracted through your sort of prism of what you're able to do and your taste will come out in some way shape or form whether you're doing something that's a bit jazzy or something that's a bit wild westy or whether it's a bit folky or whether, you know what i mean it'll it'll mm-hmm. essentially the dna underneath it is probably still going to be you in some way shape or form it's not pastiche composition in that sense you're just you're just you're just tapping into a, a sound world but then doing your own thing within that how does that make sense but i think for a lot of fans or younger composers coming up they've been used to people like Hans Zimmer and John Williams who have these they, they don't necessarily always do the same style but it, their their work is can be very distinct or you know you have composers like Philip Glass or you know, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross they have their sound and you hear five seconds of it and you know okay that's them but for the vast vast majority of composers you have to almost be a chameleon to be able to jump between all these different genres and so yeah you're totally right as you do it you have your distinct aspects or maybe you you like variations on a particular motif that you know finds its way throughout scores having a a sound that's yours and yours alone is i I think it's a remnant of people listening to a a handful of these uber famous composers and thinking everything is like that i think that's right and I think, but also the, what's interesting about that is you care for what you wish for. Cause those, I know those guys, you know, have, it's, it's sometimes troubling for, you know, if you're Philip Glass, obviously a phenomenal composer, but mm. he, he's probably quite want to do something a bit different, but then they just want the same thing that he did 30, 40 right. years ago. Do you know what I mean? So like, and I, I totally, I can imagine that in some ways that'd be a difficult thing to sort of, uh, try and navigate your way out of really in some ways. What I am saying is I know that some of those compo- I know some of those composers and I know some of them feel very constrained by the success mm. of their pre work and by the time everyone knows about it and everyone wants it it's something they did 20 30 years ago and they're still being asked to do the same thing so I think that's in some ways a bit of a poison chalice I think as well you interestingly Trent Reznaticus Ross is also amazing stuff they do it's probably slightly easier to feel like you're being more diverse all the time because they're basically just like crazy synth sonic explorers <laughs> effects and it's like just let's go it's cool so i think that that will always feel fresh for those guys so i think they maybe they maybe they're the best maybe they've got the best best <laughs> option <laughs> basically it's it's more about what people came really really famous for so because even if you think about think about john williams back in johnny mm-hmm. williams day like you know if you listen to really early scores it's pretty jazzy and different for that guy as well or like you know catch me if you can amazing you know complete it's not what most people associate john williams like massive orchestral scores for sort of superhero movies and those kinds of things that's a different you know there's a, one or two scores that those kinds of individuals have become super super famous for and that's yeah. people assume that's what they do all the time but of course it's quite nice to hear that you know they're doing something very different it's funny you mentioned that. I was listening to uh, Cinderella Liberty. It's early 70s or late 60s uh, film that John Williams scored. And it's like super jazzy and it's a ton of fun yeah. to listen to. I think it actually won or was nominated for an Academy Award. But wow. like I've never heard anybody talk about this. It's so fun. But yeah, you're right. I would love for John Williams to just say, yeah, I'm just going to do a pure jazz score. And, and it's just going to be off the cuff and fun. And I'm not going to have you know eight really distinct themes i'm just gonna have fun with it kind of on the flip side you know if you're someone like philip glass or 
Harold Budd and Robin Guthrie, who, who have this distinct minimalist sound as well. It's also going to be limiting the types of films that people want you to work on. Yeah. I don't think many people are going to say, hey, Philip Glass, like, come do this nonstop action film that we have. No, sure. Um, to be honest, I would, I would love to hear that. I think that'd be fascinating, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not holding my breath for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I think it's true. I suppose all of this is a moot point in some ways. You just like you just do what you do, don't you? And then right. just try and do the best you can do. And then I'd like to think that I'm sort of steering my career in various directions. But the reality is that when something comes in, I'm generally like, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks very much. <laughs> so I just I just sort of take on various things and then uh, and then see see what happens. What's been quite nice about Roadkill is because a lot of the films I've done over recent years have been fantastic sort of British independent films that are largely fairly dark or depressing or sort of worthy true stories or you know I've done an awful lot of that and it's been quite nice to do something that's quite distinctly different uh, from that I've sort of I've I've in, in in a way as well been sort of slightly typecast into if you're making a sort of an indie British movie and you don't have a massive budget but uh, you want some interesting score then I'm sort of one of the people that might be near near the top of your list um, but it, I'm hoping that after this and a couple of other things I've done that I might also be near the top of your list if you want something a bit different from that as well. <laughs> because and for, not, not, for none, none, none other reason than sometimes it's quite, it's quite depressing and dark, dark to be sort of working on something so heavy for so many months. It's, I think about the, I think about Shane though. I mean, Stephen Queen as well. He's not like, he's not, he just, I suppose, you know, there doesn't necessarily need to be a, there doesn't necessarily need to be a connection between the people making things and then the, this, this, this sort of darkness of the subject matter. I mean, he's a very ebullient, charismatic lover of life a joyful character that guy i mean he really is he's he's got a lot to say but yeah that's a quite a dark that is a worse a very dark film as well that is a very dark film but it's good it was a good film to do i wouldn't say it was a joy to watch but it was a very good film to watch <laughs> <laughs> hitting all these different genres and you're you're classically trained is there a, a genre that you haven't kind of really worked on that much that you want to or one that you really want to go back to and, and work in more? Well, there's a couple of answers to that. I, I am really interested in exploring. I spend a lot of time doing drone tone based things, which sounds very boring, but I, I think there's an awful lot of, I find that quite fascinating, the, the sort of textural different varieties that you can get within uh, making different tones and noises and how that can elicit a massive range of emotions with very, very minor changes and things. I mean, talking about Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they're the masters of that sort of stuff. But I've spent a lot of time doing that and messing around with diegetic noise, so noise from the mm -hmm. films, and then heightening that and turning that into something musical. And I've done a lot of that with a filmmaker called Clive Barnard, who's a fantastic filmmaker in the UK. I just finished a film with her, which is, does a bit more of that. But then increasingly blending that world in with folk, which I did a bit with a song I did a couple of years ago with PJ Harvey, and then a bit very recently with another Irish folk singer called Karen Casey, which I've just done for her, this um, filmmaker Clive Barnes, latest film. And I, I'm very interested in sort of exploring that to going further into sort of folk, for droney folkness would be quite interesting. So I, I'm interested in that. And also the other thing, I have four children and I would really love to do something that they might be able to watch. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, I, I look at, I mean, obviously he's an absolute genius, but I look at all the stuff that Michael Giacchino does or the, any, any of the sort of animated movies. It'd be great mm -hmm. fun to do one of those. I'd love to do that. For the same reason, you're just tapping into so many different styles and genres and like, it'd, it'd be great to do some, some of that as more on the nose scoring. Um, I, I get the sense it'd be great fun. I'm sure it'd be equally really, really hard and there'd be teams of people. Right. 
shouting at you all the time, but I think at least doing with something uh, that's meant to be sort of fun and entertaining for kids might be just quite a fun thing to do for a bit. That has to be a little frustrating in some ways for them to to know what you do in an absolute sense, but to maybe not be able to actually experience what you've literally done quite yet. Yeah, it's interesting. That's beginning to become a thing, actually, because the, the eldest, so the young ones are very small. They're only four, but the the, uh, the eldest is 11. And the, then uh, the next one is nine. And they are, so they're kind of aware of what I do, but they can't really watch anything I do because it's all a bit too adult. And that, I think they are finding that annoying. And they can sort of go, they can go on YouTube and they'll hear something and get depressed by another depressing song that daddy's <laughs> done. <laughs> it's like, um, but it would be quite nice to do. It's something a bit more fun they could watch. It's a minor thing. I really can't complain. I'm lucky to do what I'm doing. And I feel like I, you know, every job I do and begin, I do feel, I feel like the luckiest person really to be able to do it. It's good fun. I, I actually would appreciate if, if later on you could email me some of the drone work that you've done. Because oh, yeah. that's, I think most people, no offense, find the genre absolutely boring. But yeah, cool. <laughs> I've listened to that for... For years, when I was younger, I I, uh, I made a little drone. It it wasn't very good, but I'm I'm a a big fan of the genre. So I'd be I'd be really interested to hear what you've what you've done with it. Well, I, yeah, I've spent a lot of time doing that, and I think you're you're right. I mean, I, I often those films you, when when you finish the score, I sort of very proud of them, and they sort of work very well, and everyone's happy. But they you never release them as a standalone standalone <laughs> thing. It's like just unbelievably boring to listen to for most people. We all know with having a drone, an Indian sort of, you know, harmonium drone or any kind of sort of drone, and then people singing a melody against it. It's a classic thing in any art, isn't it? That there's tension and then home. And then, so moving away from the drone, more and more dissonant, and then you're coming back. And it's that relationship between expanding away from the drone, clashing from the drone, and then coming back, and then being so aware that there's a tonal center or somewhere that's home, and then moving away from it, warping, and how you do that with blending sounds, whether they be reed-based sounds or string-based sounds or organ sounds or electronic sort of fuzzy sounds or, and how those things blend together and how that sometimes creates tension. And then you go back there because some of the tones themselves, rather than just tonally it being on a C, it might just be that it's a fuzzy guitar sound that sounds like home. And then anything that's abrasive and away from that is going away from it and then you come back. It's no different, to my mind, from Beethoven uh, or to the Bach doing... Uh, sort of a prelude, you start in a key, you know, the most famous example, you start in C. Then by the time you get to the middle, you're away, you're away, and when are you gonna get, how are you gonna get home? And then you finally get home. It's essentially the same thing with drones and tones, but it's just dealing with things more in a more textural way. With folk, what's lovely about that is then you can stick a melody over the top of that and then help hide mm. that. I kind of love the idea of that. I think it's kind of, I really like it. <laughs> I mean, and and, and I, I do too. I No one ever listens to me when I talk about drone or if I, if I go on about how much I love the uh, like William Basinski's this disintegration loops I listen to that all the time but yeah there's fortunately there's not a big audience for like <laughs> five hour compositions that sound like the same thing the whole time yeah absolutely film composing is there's a lot as you know there's a lot of that in film composing so it's quite a nice it's quite a nice job for people who are into that because that's a lot of the time what you're asked to do circling back a little bit it is something that's kind of so common because, it, you know, as you mentioned, there's the functional aspect, but yeah. people are so used to and married to the idea of that, like, Wagnerian leitmotif and expecting these really distinct thematic elements. I totally understand why people like that. I like it too, but it's not, it's not what all film music is, and it's not really what it all should be. It's, it's appropriate in certain things and not appropriate in others. 
as the genre continues to expand and as more composers and musicians who aren't trained in doing that in the first place get involved in the genre, it the sounds continue to change and get broader. And so I'm hoping that people's minds open a little bit and become fans of all the various genres that are, and, and styles that are used. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with that, actually. I think it's, um, you know, when I do sort of, occasionally do sort of film music talks to people at conservatoire or universities, they, they people studying film music, it's, it, but I often mention musicians when you're studying, you know, you're studying music from hundreds of years ago. And this is a really, really, really new art form in the, yeah. in the sort of evolution of music um, and the music that we're using. And it's, uh, we are really, really still finding our feet. A lot of these ideas and prejudices come because of that, because of the use of it, really. So I think there has, in, in certain circles, some people are sort of snobby about light motifs because they think it's uh, a little bit uh, obvious. And some people think that, you know, it wasn't that long ago when we were sort of doing silent movies and early sort of talkies where you'd have a, a picture of a woman with her hands shaking in front of her face and you'd have a diminished core, you know, sort of... And then that's sort of seen as unsophisticated and therefore if we're doing the same thing now, but you're right, it's sort of horses for courses. It's, or if you're doing just a droney thing like the thing we were talking about, there's still a massive amount of work goes into those things yeah. and creative thought and, and, and there's room for all of these things. And you're absolutely right, it's, it's, it's about... It's about it being functional. It's about it being apposite or appropriate or germane for the particular, the particular drama uh, that you're dealing with, or the particular set of kind of characters or emotions you're dealing with. I mean, I think that's what makes for me. That's what makes it absolutely a fascinating job. So I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who does my job who is particularly snobby about. Because uh, I think you sort of, even if you only really do one particular thing, or you come at it from a, being in a band or whatever, I think you're just doing it a little bit, you realise that there's just so much depth in, in everything that anyone's doing at any level in any genre on this stuff that it's it's just it's quite mind-blowing really and it's you know and i think that's what's fascinating about it it's also kind of a bit unknown no i don't think any well i certainly feel like i don't really know what i'm doing ever uh, and you're just it's sort of alchemy really you're just trying these things out and you, you know like the hugh the hugh laurie thing you well he's a bit mischievous and i'll try some chromatic thing i'll try messing around and you sort of have some ideas of what might work but you get, i mean i probably i don't know i must have done 30 or 40 different little ditties before that one kind of like finally mm. was the one and you just trial and error really and then thankfully it's corroborated by other people so they go yes i think that's sick. and then you don't feel so much blame or ownership of it because well he said it was all right so <laughs> and and when the director says like oh yeah that works you go all right well if the, if the director good. likes it then i'm safe yeah <laughs> i wish we could talk for three more hours but uh might be a little too much i don't think people want to hear us talk for that long I did have I did have well, one more question though that I wanted to ask you. And you're yeah. talking about planning on releasing the score itself pretty soon. And I know that you actually have a surprising amount of scores that you've released that have dialogue samples from the film interlaced within. And it I actually kind of like that because it, I think it helps shape the narrative of the score that you've released. That it's not simply a piece of music, but it, it also has its own arc. Is that something that you're considering for Roadkill? And when do you decide whether to do that or not? Yeah, you know, some of the soundtracks I loved listening to when I was growing up had that in it. And I sort of thought that that's really nice. It's sort of, um, it takes you into that same zone and makes you realize what it's for. And I, I don't think it's, it's some, some musicians sort of see it as a lesser thing because of that, but I think it is, it is functional music. It is married to something and it, it comes from that. And it's, it's a whole existence and reason for being is because of the drama, because of the story. So. I think sometimes it's a really lovely thing if you can have it actually linked with that sound or with one thing, because 
it's like that sort of Cohen brothers and sort of Skip Luce and Carter Bowell kind of combination of those, you know, the sound, they're all, they, they all think about these things together, you know, and I think I, I try and do it. I know lots of other people do my job to do as well. So I, I really think quite carefully about all of the sound when I'm doing the music or whether they might marry together. So I do quite like the idea of doing that where it's appropriate. I think often I do it when there are scenes which I think are really fantastic and the music might be really interesting and you might be really interested in it because it's a bit drone based or tonal it's an essential part of the score but actually on its own it might be a bit meaningless for a lot of people so then I kind of I'll put dialogue in those scenes it's like it's a little jog of a memory to really relive and re enjoy the film but my my 